Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week we talk about real life issues that you're facing and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Have you ever had something major you were facing that just seemed like it was right in front of you and there was no way around it? It almost seemed like the end of the world. Okay, so most of us can probably agree that when we first heard about COVID and how the whole world shut down, we kind of felt like we were in that place. And maybe we thought to ourselves, how in the world are we ever going to get past this? How are we going to ever bounce back? From time to time, we face these things, and it just seems like such a huge, insurmountable thing. You know, like maybe one of our really good friends decides they don't want to be friends with us anymore. Or maybe we have this like massive test coming up, and we're totally not prepared for it. And it's like just looming in front of us. Like this is like 90% of our grade, and how are we ever going to pass, right? We have these big things sometimes that come up against us, and if we're not careful, we can start to fear. Because what happens in those moments is that our problems start to become bigger than our faith. And this happens to all of us. And so we got to be on guard. You know, when we look in the Bible, there are several people who felt this way. We see this in the Israelites whenever they were waiting for somebody to just step up and defeat Goliath. And then David finally stood up (laughs) against Goliath. We see this when Daniel and his friends were facing the fiery furnace. Elijah When Jezebel threatens to come after him, he actually wanted to end his life, which was really interesting because Elijah had just come off of a major victory with God, like a huge victory that he only won because of God. And now this woman wants to come after him and he's like, oh, I want to end my life. So ladies, if you have ever come up against an obstacle like that, you're not alone. (laughs) I know I have faced some challenging times like that myself. But who I want to focus on today is Timothy, and we find his account in the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy in the New Testament. We're going to jump into 2nd Timothy because Timothy at that time is walking through a major, major challenge. But before I do that, let me give you a little bit of a backstory about Timothy. So Timothy, from a very young age, had a calling on his life to become a pastor. When Timothy was about 21 years old, God called him to start a church. So he's pretty young, right? He's not much older than all of you guys. And not only was Timothy a young pastor, but he was also a pastor of a mega church, a huge church that was growing even bigger very quickly. And so first Timothy just really focuses on the growth of his church and a mentor relationship that Paul has with Timothy as they're navigating the challenges of a huge, fast growing church. Now we're going to fast forward to second Timothy. Timothy now has another problem. Nero, who was a super crazy emperor at the time, when I say crazy, I mean he's really crazy. 
So if you've ever heard of the Great Fire of Rome, you might have heard of Nero. Nero was the one that actually started that Great Fire. And because he didn't want to take responsibility for burning down all of Rome, he decided that he was going to blame that fire on the Christians. He hated Christians. He hated that they didn't serve his gods and bow down to him as an emperor. So after starting that fire, he blamed what he had done on the Christians. And because he had blamed it on the Christians, Romans were mad. And so they began to kill the Christians, throw them in jail. And so when Paul is writing 2 Timothy, he's actually writing 2 Timothy from prison because Nero had named Paul specifically as one of the main people who started the fire. So all of this is going on, right? And Christians are scared out of their minds. They have no idea what to do. They don't want to be killed. So a lot of them are walking away from the faith, denouncing that they even believe in God. So they're like, you know what? I'm out of here. This faith thing, it's not for me anymore. And then other Christians are fleeing and running for their lives. So Timothy has this mega church and all of the people are scattering and they're going everywhere. And Timothy now has a problem because as a pastor of the church, Timothy's job is to help strengthen and encourage his congregation. But not only that, think about Timothy. Timothy is like in his low 20s, right? And he's got these big looming problems that are in front of him and his life is at stake as well. So he's trying to do all these different things. Plus he's fighting off the fear that he could be killed next too. And so he's in a place where he is like up against this wall. I can't even imagine how Timothy must have felt during that time. There are times in our lives when the enemy will come up against us and he will throw every weapon at us that he can possibly imagine. And if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves in the same place that Timothy was in, not sure what to do, maybe even walking away from God because we don't understand what's going on or living our life in fear. Ladies, while I'm at it, I want to just real quick say this. Bad things do not happen because of God. God is a good God. He does not cause bad things to happen. John 10, 10 tells us that the thief, the enemy, the devil is the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy. But the end of that verse is our hope. It says Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. So if it tries to steal, it tries to kill, and it tries to destroy, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. Ladies, The devil knows that eventually he is going to be cast into the lake of fire, which we call hell, and that is going to be his permanent place. And he knows that because he has to go there and he doesn't want to be there, he knows that he wants to take as many Christians with him as possible. He wants to pull as many people off as he can. So of course he's going to do all kinds of bad things and blame it on God. And now we as Christians, if we're not careful, start to believe those lies. But guess what? God is a good, good father. We can also read in the book of James chapter one, verse 16, do not be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What that means is God only gives good things. He does not cause bad things to happen. All right, 
my side note over. (laughs) So going back to 2 Timothy, I love Paul's encouragement to Timothy. And remember, when Paul is writing this, he is in prison. So he knows what he's talking about when he's telling Timothy this, when he's encouraging Timothy with this news. He has probably had to do this every single day in his life up to that point. The first thing that Paul tells Timothy that he can do to overcome the challenge that is in front of him, it says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, Timothy was walking through a time of confusion, right? And he was letting his problems become bigger than his faith. It's easy to do. When we are faced with a problem that massive, it almost always seems to be in our face. And this is why we have to be very intentional, no matter what, to stir up ourselves and our faith. And those words stir up in the Greek mean to again light the fire or to rekindle a fire that maybe is starting to go out. If you've ever been to like a campground and you had a campfire or maybe you've been to a bonfire or maybe you've had a fireplace with a fire in it, you know, eventually that fire kind of dies down and it's kind of embers. And so that's kind of where Timothy was spiritually, where he's kind of like his faith is beginning to wane and he's like, oh, and you know, and so Paul is telling him he's got to relight that fire. I have heard so many well-meaning Christians talk about when they feel that kind of stagnant walk with God, or they just feel like they're kind of drifting, that they say to pray and God will get them excited again. But as we're reading right here, the Bible actually doesn't tell us that God is going to relight that fire. He says that we need to relight that fire. If that fire that you have for God, or maybe for the Bible or for prayer, if that fire is starting to go out, light that fire again. Don't let it burn out. And you may be thinking, but how? How do I light that fire again? Because maybe I'm in a place where I'm kind of struggling a little bit. How do I light that fire again? Especially, guys, whenever there is a big challenge in front of us, it's so easy to get wore out. It's so easy to kind of just fall back and like walk away from God. I see this over and over and over again from so many people. They face a challenge and they're like so focused on trying to overcome the challenge. They totally forget about God. But God, he is not your problem. He is your answer. So it's very important to relight that fire. And the very first way that we can light that fire again is to recall all of the times and all of the ways that God has been faithful to you in the past. 2 Timothy 2.13 tells us that even when we are faithless, when our faith is kind of going out, God is always faithful. So when we start to focus on what it is that God has done for us in our life, we start to build that faith because we remember how God is always, always faithful. So I want you to think about these things. And if you need to grab a piece of paper and a pen and start to write them down. When was a time that you were fighting some kind of sickness or a pain and God healed you? I want you to write that down. When has God delivered you from something that you had no idea how to ever even get out of it? Write that down. When did God save you when you needed saving the most? Write that down. And that could be saving in a physical way, or it could be spiritually. I know I needed saving when I was a teenager. I needed love. I needed out of the dark place that I was in. And God reached down and pulled me out. Praise God. When did God bring you through a challenging time? Write that down. When did God provide for you when it looked like 
there was no way. I want you to write that down. Was there a time where you needed to be protected and God protected you? I can't even tell you how many times that I have been in almost near car accidents because somebody was texting and driving or not paying attention and they almost ran into me or ran a light and it was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) praise God for his protection. I want you to write those times down. Even if they seem small, write them down. The more you recount God's faithfulness, the more it will build your faith. And then your faith, because of God's faithfulness, starts to become bigger and you start to rekindle that fire. In 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul then goes on to remind Timothy and us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know how many of you have ever heard this little saying before, or maybe you said it yourself. But there is a saying that says a little bit of fear is good. And I've actually heard this in Christian circles too. But did you know that the Bible never actually says that? Anytime the Bible talks about fear, and I'm not talking about Old Testament whenever fear actually does not even mean afraid, it means respect God. I'm talking about when it talks about fear being afraid. It never talks about it in a good light. It always says things like, do not fear or do not be afraid. Do not let your heart be troubled. The Bible never says a little bit of fear is good. 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. Remember that part. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And then it goes on to say in verse 19, there is no fear in love. Remember, God is love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in God. But perfect love, God's love, casts out all fear. Because fear involves torment. So when we go back to 2 Timothy 1.7 and read that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, he's saying that he doesn't want any fear in us at all. Because when we're afraid, it causes us to freeze up so that we can't move past the challenges that we're facing. God has not given you a spirit of fear, ladies. He's given you a spirit of power to overcome those challenges that are facing you. He's given you a spirit of love and he's given you a sound mind, meaning that your mind is at peace. The second way that we relight that fire is to find verses that you can use to encourage you and remind you of God's faithfulness. John 16, 33 says, in the world, you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There's going to be challenges. But Jesus has overcome the world. And because Jesus overcame the world, you have victory, ladies. Isaiah 41.10, and this is in the NIV version of the Bible, says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed or discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your cares, all your anxieties on the Lord, because he cares about you. Ladies, you don't have to walk this alone. You can stand on the word of God, and you can speak it over your life, and you can see victory in every area of your life. Ladies, when you're speaking these verses over yourself, choose to believe them. Even if everything in you is saying, how can that even be true? I don't even understand. You have power. You have love. You have a mind that is in peace because of God's great love for you. 
Remember, recount all the ways that he's been faithful to you. Start speaking these verses over your life and watch that fire in you begin to grow and begin to burn so brightly that the problems in front of you, they don't even seem big anymore. All right, ladies, I hope this really helped you this week. I hope that no matter what you're facing, you know that you have victory in God. All right, so as we say each week, I want you to repeat after me, but mean it with all of your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, thank you for listening to another episode of the Uncommon Teen Podcast. I have some good news for you all this week, and more information will be coming out in the very near future. But we are actually enrolling now for our summer coaching program. This is going to be an incredible program where I'm going to take 12 of you girls so that you can take your summer and not only grow in God, but meet other girls who want to grow in God too and overcome those areas that are holding you back from being all that God has called you to be. So if you are interested in this, you can learn more information by going to the tab on the Uncommon Teen app. You can download that at UncommonTeenApp.com if you don't already have it, or go to UncommonTeen.com and click on the tab that says coaching. You can learn more information there. I would love to talk more with you and your mom about how to get you involved so that you can take your summer and make it the best summer of your life. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know just how much God really does love you. Now, I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, so I have a question for you. What does your summer look like? What is one thing that you are going to do this summer that is going to change your life forever? What are you going to do this summer to help you make friends who love Jesus that will help you grow in your walk with God all while having a blast? If your answer is, well, (laughs) not really a whole lot. Well, I have something just for you that will help you do all of those things. Are you interested? What if you did something this summer that could change your life forever? Ladies, I want to invite you to join me for Uncommon Teen Live 2024 because you are going to do just that. You are going to meet your new besties. You're going to have a blast and grow in your walk with God. So grab your parents, head on over to UncommonTeen.com and grab your tickets today.